everybody, welcome to Tech Thought, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is season two, episode four, or overall episode 13. I'm Jade, I'm the smart one. Uh, and I'm Art, I'm the cute one. You're so cute. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. So, we are finally out of the woods, and by the woods I mean the apple orchard, um, in talking about shitty business practices specifically perpetuated by Apple, but we are not out of the woods and talking about shitty business practices, period. Because, well, at this point, that's kind of what this whole show is about. Uh, like we said in the last episode, this episode is going to touch on planned obsolescence, which may or may not be a term you've heard before. But before we get into that, I have to do our customary plugging of our after show. Uh, if you are interested in finding us on social media, we are at Tech Thoughts Podcast on Instagram. We do our live show there every Friday at 8 p.m. ET. Go or you can find us uh, on our website, which is, Jade? It is techthoughts.gay, and it may or may not be up when you go view it. Uh, it's a little slow right now. We are working on fixing that, and hopefully it will be up and running properly soon. <laughs> Donate to the Tech Thoughts Patreon. They fund our server costs and our thoughtery. Disclaimer, there is no Tech Thoughts Patreon. Please do not donate to anyone claiming to be us. Yet. So planned obsolescence is a term that kind of gets thrown around a lot. I think it would be good to start with defining it for people who maybe haven't heard of it before. So more or less, how would you explain it? I think the easiest way to think about it is just look is, is to break it down to what it is. So you know what planned means? What is obsolescence? It's a form of obsolete. And the only thing that obsolete means is out of date or otherwise no longer useful um, technology or methodology. So um, for example... Writing on stone tablets, obsolete. Fair enough. Although aesthetically kind of dope. I mean, I mean, hey, obsolete doesn't mean out of style. <laughs> the plan obsolescence in this case refers to decisions that manufacturers and companies might make in order to more or less control when their products become obsolete. Um, or when they break. <laughs> or when they, yeah, or when they just straight up break. For this episode, we're actually going to branch out from talking just about uh, sort of what we've been talking about primarily in the past couple of episodes, which has been phones. We actually have a lot of examples of planned obsolescence in other appliances, um, sort of more on the hardware versus software side of things. So in terms of hardware, uh, one really good example of planned obsolescence is major home appliances like fridges and washers and dryers. These things straight up they just don't make them like they used to. Wow, you never sounded older. <clears throat> Back in my day, <laughs> fridges lasted 50 years, but, part, but actually. The worst part is like, but actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that is the issue. So this is an article we have from 2015 from oldmedium.com that breaks down the issues for us. So we'll give you a summarized version of that, including things you might have already realized. For example, the parts for these appliances today are mostly made of much cheaper materials. Yeah. A plastic gear is never going to last as long as a metal one. And don't you come at me with your flat aluminum soda can gears. Those don't count. <laughs> Things are made of, of cheaper parts and materials. And the way they're assembled is also cheaper. The, the seals for refrigerator doors are often glued instead of screwed on. Um, and you can find the glue instead of screw aspect of this in like every bit of technology these days. But we'll continue with the appliances for now. Mm -hmm. Things are also just designed to, like, straight-up rust, aren't they? Yeah, so one of the things that the article mentioned was not that they're designed to rust, but more that the um, the issue with with 
with manufacturing at large scales is that you're always trying to do that manufacturing at lower costs with higher yields. Yeah. And as a result, spray painting a part, very cheap. Dipping a part in paint, very expensive. The latter gets you more coverage and therefore it's better, it's easier to avoid rust. The former leaves gaps that can rust. Yeah. It's always kind of hard to determine, like, obviously, as a, as a, as a consumer and as a person who isn't, like, doesn't have a business degree and isn't, doesn't work for a company and isn't in charge of making these decisions, it's always kind of hard to determine, like, what is a fair kind of, like, opportunity cost and, like, what is cutting corners. But when it ends up, like, significantly degrading the quality of the product being made for the consumer, I always kind of feel like it's cutting corners. I, I agree with you. So, again... No business background here either, but this is what happens when corporate greed runs wild. I, as a consumer, obviously would prefer the product that lasts longer and is built better as an engineered better. I'm willing to pay the money to get that better product. If holding your appliances at $200 indefinitely is going to result in them being made of shittier and shittier components, I don't want it. At the same time, there is sort of like a complication with that, which is that I think the there's sort of like the dominant ideology of like just because like you might be willing to pay that that higher cost doesn't mean that most people will. And at the same time, there is the very uh, serious question, and I won't really get into it because this gets into like economic theory and um, the fact that capitalism sucks and stuff like that. But um, with stagnant wages, the question of what people can afford to pay is also sort of on the table. Companies sort of have to balance, like, what people are willing to pay and what they can afford with this question of construction. That being said, I don't always think they do it well. Yeah. Um, and the other issue is that even if you buy a cheap... Washers are not this cheap. A cheap $200 washer, right? Yeah. If I have to replace that in two years because it broke, that's another $200. And it adds up very quickly. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, when those $200 turn into $400 after two years because the washer breaks or whatever, like, ultimately you're giving the company more money, which is what they want. But if the product lasts me longer, I won't be giving them more of it anytime soon. And I feel that would be, it would be in, in these companies' better interest to present themselves as being able to provide a product that will last you. Yeah. And especially when they do so many other things and not hurting for money in this division. I definitely agree with you. And I really just wonder if it's one of those places where like, like you said, like corporate greed, like the idea of like short term profit. I'm, I don't, I, I'm, I'm absolutely on the same page as you in, in saying that I don't think it's worth it. And I think we're going to give several examples of how it's definitely not worth it and can backfire because is it like, if your customers end up hating you and suing you, like... Are you really winning? And no, you didn't mishear me. I did say lawsuits. Co companies have been sued over this. Uh, a good example of this is um, printers. And Jade, please talk about this because this is either from bloopers from a previous episode or if we left it in the episode. Isn't there a previous episode where halfway through the episode we had to take a break because we started extensively complaining about HP? Oh, we're going to keep complaining about HP. All right, let's do it. <laughs> So as a little background, for the past six years, I've worked as like a computer repair kind of person. And realistically, it's not much repair and a whole lot more debugging dumb issues. 
And a lot of those issues came from HP inkjet printers. HP inkjets have this this strange, strange habit. And it's not just HP inkjets, uh, but inkjet printers in general um, have the issue of under-reporting how much ink they actually have. The ink cartridges you put in your printer actually have microchips in them that the printer reads and reports the values. There's no hard looking at it, there's no camera in your printer, it's the microchip saying how much ink should be left. But as a result, it's very often that there'll be plenty of ink, or at least enough ink that you get a couple more prints out in, say, your magenta cartridge, um, but your printer is reporting, yeah, this is empty, so we're going to print nothing. Uh, and Yikes. HP in particular, yeah, HP in particular uh, had these issues a lot. In fact, HP, I don't have an article for this one, right? But this is, this is from this is for me working. Mm-hmm. The amount of printers, the amount of HP printers that I have seen that are just malfunctioning for no real reason or while like i have to assume a fuse or something because like the screens would just blink in and out of existence that's terrible and like oh it's a horrible it's absolutely horrible to be like yeah your printer looks fine as it like 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 the second i like 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 put my hand on it screen just goes black it's like your printer's not fine <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i definitely have a similar experience with uh with HP printers and it's like i remember one time when the guy that we used to have around the house to like fix our computer, we had him over once because my print, the printer was just like, I was like, it was when I was in high school and I really needed to get stuff printed like all of the time because I was a high school student. And he looked, he took one look at our printer and we were like, we don't know why it's not working. And he was like, buy a laser jet. Like that's literally what he had to say to me. He was just like, buy a laser jet. Um, he was like, he was like, he was like, replace this thing, buy a laser jet. Stop. Don't, don't bother with these. Um, and actually, funnily enough, about HP, and I won't get into this because it, it, it ties in very well to the next episode in the series, but um you wanna know you wanna know what HP is doing now, actually, to um to I think maybe try to like redeem themselves a little bit ab- about the whole cartridge thing? What? They what? have a subscription service. Oh, I knew about this. Yeah, incident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew. It's it's not redemption, it's just pay us more often for ink. Well, please. no, but they try to argue that it saves you money. Um, I'm not actually sure if it does, but they definitely try to argue that it does. Um, I, I can't say that those would be cheaper than, say, third-party cartridges, provided you're allowed to use them, of course. Wait, third-party printer cartridges exist? Really? Yeah, I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Dude! I didn't know about that. But even my fucking laser printer's not using its original oh, no, no, brother no, 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 toner. No, 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 neither is mine. But for some reason, I never applied that logic to printer cartridges. You mean inkjet printers? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, no, 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 they do, they do. Fascinating. I assume the inkjet printer companies are not very happy about that, though. Um, yeah, no, they, they, they very much aren't. Um, HP in particular just recently settled a class action lawsuit for about, to tune of about $1.5 million. Yes, back in 2018. Jesus. Um, yes, um, their printers spat out fake error messages when you put in a third-party cartridge. So you would just assume, oh, of course, this can never work. But actually, HP did, was just not very happy with you cutting them out of the of their uh, profits. Fake um, error messages. Yes, and it, it does make sense. Like, to from a business standpoint, um, inkjet printers recoup their costs purely on the ink they sell. Inkjet printers are sold at a loss, one hundred percent. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, but it's still really low. Yeah, it's not great. And if you thought they would have, like, if you if you thought HP would have cleaned up their act at this point, uh, they didn't. 
this year. Brand new 2020 class action lawsuit going in right now. As it turns out, HP never disclosed this, but if you were someone like me who paid attention to your damn ink levels going down for no reason, you would have realized printing in black and white on an HP inkjet uses up your color ink too. So when you run out of color... This makes so much sense. No, this makes so much sense in hindsight now. Yeah, like, like, why won't it print? Because you're missing color? Because it uses the color cartridges. Because they're... Because they're assholes? Yeah, because they're assholes. It's not great. And one of the reasons I always steer people away from HP printers, um, and in general, inkjets. You did bring up a point. Um, if you wanted a solution to inkjet woes, don't buy an inkjet printer unless you absolutely need to print photos. Yeah. Or... If you can get your hands on an EcoTank printer, which are printers that you can get that have like uh, not vials, but like plate slots you can just fill with actual like liquid ink. So you can see it going down. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, I, th- I actually think it's quite a great idea. And if, if you'd rather not mess with that, um, I would very much also recommend a laser jet printer or a, or a laser printer in general, not HP. Again, um, I prefer Brother. They haven't let me down. Same. The downside is the upfront costs are much higher um, than inkjets. And, but toner, while while like a little cheaper, also just lasts so much longer than ink. I have had my brother laser printer for four years. I have replaced the toner in it exactly once. That's fair. I've had I've had this one for like five. I've, I've replaced toner like three times, but only because um, one of the people who live in this home with me uh, print out like sixty sheets a day for yeah, no real reason. So- yeah, that makes sense. But with that volume, you can see how much laser can save you money. Laser, laser printers, not laser anything else. Laser eye surgery costs money. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> laser hair removal also costs money. Way more than a printer, actually. Oh, wait. Actual solutions? I see we've remembered the uh, how-to part of our of our how-to. Yeah, whoops. Sorry about that, everyone. I forgot to include those. Mostly, there was not a real how-to for the last couple, other than don't use Apple products. You know what? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I do... I do genuinely, and I, I will admit this, like, I, I, despite the fact that I try to sell an iPad to basically everyone I meet, I will also say that if you are not in the Apple ecosystem, like, if you somehow avoided doing that to yourself, like, don't. Don't do it. Just don't. Don't. Absolutely don't. But speaking of the Apple ecosystem, um, remember in the last episode when we mentioned uh, that new phones are glued together, and that is very much in part Apple's fault? Well, that's also part of planned obsolescence. A little bit, or at least it contributes to it. Definitely. So phones are glued together. So everything in them, it's expected that an end user can't replace anything. And of course, we're going to focus on the battery here. Um, I hate to say it, but lithium ion battery is the technology in any phone you have. Probably. I don't, I don't think anything is using anything else right now. Honestly, Um, we're moving, we're moving on, but we're not there yet. Lithium ion batteries do not last forever. Yeah, they degrade. Yes, they degrade. For one, the reason you think your battery life goes down every year is because it is. Batteries don't maintain their full capacity forever. Maybe for the first year, they're more or less guaranteed that first 100%, but not in all applications. And with smartphone manufacturer, I, I, I highly doubt they're all built to those tolerances. Oh, absolutely not. My, my 10R, I've had it for, I think, a year, unless I've completely, unless I completely misremember when I bought this phone. I've had my 10R for a year. And it is already at 90% battery capacity. Yeah. Um, Another problem is that just using your phones um, damages them. Discharging lithium ion isn't great. Discharging it deeply isn't great. If you're going to use your phone 
and you want to mitigate damage, you should be only like running it down to like fifty percent and then running for the charger. Wait, seriously? That 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 high? If you want to mitigate as much as you can, yeah. I'm going to link an article under the description and one that you can look at as well, obviously, that does kind of break down all of the factors. Phones are just a very bad environment for batteries. Batteries don't like heat. Smartphones get hot. Yeah, that's fair. Batteries don't like being discharged deeply. Smartphones are expected to be used all day. These things add up. And as a result, eventually, you're just not going to have enough usable capacity to get through a day. Or worse, your battery might start swelling in that lovely way we most of us have seen and become a fire hazard. And because phones are glued together, you can't fix that. You can't replace that. You need to find someone who'll do it for you at best. Void your warranty if you want to do it yourself. Or pay Apple's ridiculous exorbitant cost and let them do it. Correct. And even if we're not, even if we're avoiding Apple at this point, you can look at any manufacturer and they have this problem. All phones are glued together now, pretty much. Yeah. Like my, even my Android phone hasn't avoided this problem. And even though the phone itself is working great, the battery life is faltering a little bit. And sure, I could replace it myself, but I'm giving up its waterproofing. And if I give up its waterproofing, sure, I could fix that part, but I'm also going to be working in a device I have no experience with. I'm going to be working with small ribbon cables that really aren't meant for people to mess around with too much. There's too many things that can go wrong in new devices. So again, the solution here is basically try to limit how deeply you discharge your battery. Uh, Limit how deeply you discharge your battery. Charge more often. Partial chargers are fine. Lithium-ion batteries don't care if you bring them up to 100 quickly. Interesting. I, I, I'd always heard that, and I think maybe this contributes to us to, to, to this to this whole problem because I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there. Because um, I'd always heard that, like, it was just as bad for lithium-ion batteries to, like, be charged fully than it, than it was to, like... Like, like I, I heard that both extremes were bad. Both extremes are bad. Some laptops let you limit how much you charge your battery, actually. Some laptops can let you limit it at 80% to limit the amount of actual Celsius. Yeah, no, uh, optimized battery charging. Yes, uh, whatever. Uh, is that... Yes, no, it's a... Yeah, that's a... Sorry, that's what Apple calls it. It's a, it's a new feature. It's a new feature? It's a new feature, yeah. It's a new feature on their phones, and I think they don't have them on iPads yet. I think they do have them on MacBooks, though, so... If you are an Apple user like me and you're stuck in this horrible economy, uh, definitely turn that on. Yeah, um, I think that, I think I personally think that's funny. Um, my 2014 Sony laptop had that. Of course it did, because Apple doesn't invent things. Yeah, but if you do want to look at this more, you said you had an article to link people to. Yes, um, if you're storing batteries, however, if you're if you're as a quick note, if you are storing like your phone for extended periods of time at 100%, that can cause damage. Yeah, don't do that. I know that for a fact. And also, if you have... It's also bad to just keep lithium-ion, like, lithium cells fully charged and sitting around. So try not to leave it, like, plugged in when it's already charged. Yeah, and if you have things like battery banks, maybe, like, discharge them to 80% or something, so you're not just holding a bomb in your in your drawer. That's fair. Can we can we define extended periods of time really quick? Again, according to the article I'm going to link, uh, Battery University's article on how to prolong lithium-based batteries, after a year for a battery stored at 100% charge, there was a 4% drop when at the coldest possible temperatures. But as temperatures increase, the more reasonable person levels, storing a battery at 100% can drop you down to 80% like full capacity 
in a year. Oh, geez, yeah. So that is that is really worth knowing for anybody who might be storing stuff. Yes, and especially during this unprecedented, shitty pandemic time where we're probably home a lot more often than we normally are, unplug your things a little bit, please. I have lost a smartwatch to leaving it plugged in for four months straight. Also, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is not a hardware problem, but a software problem as well. So software updates, that thing that your phone gets... Those aren't always good for it. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. No, um, I would. I would. I absolutely would, though. I think that like the thing is that maybe not anymore, but when for the thing that we're about to talk about, I think that there was very much this sort of attitude of like, there's a new software update, uh, update live. Like, download it right now, right at this very second. Uh, I feel like now people are a little more wary and they're like, oh yeah, let's give it like a week to see if there are like, to make sure there are no like major bugs that got totally like missed. Um, And I feel like, honestly, I know you like living on the bleeding edge, but I feel like for the average person, that's probably a better strategy. Sure. But I don't want to scare people away from updating your devices, especially now um, when the majority of updates, especially Android phones are getting, are just security patches, and there's no reason to That's not... Fair. Yeah, there's no reason to avoid security patches. Those are important, because the internet is a scary place. I guess more just, like, don't blindly update. Like, maybe actually look at the, the change logs for stuff to see what you're doing. Well, sometimes those might not even help. For example, back in 2017... Um, Apple kind of admitted, uh, and a thing that people were suspecting were that software updates were slowing down their older devices. Um, mm-hmm. Apple admitted in December 2017 that they were, in fact, slowing down older iPhones. Their argument was that they were protecting the phones by preventing them from suddenly shutting down to protect components because of heat. If anything, it just showed that Apple couldn't put out a competent software update. Um, for their older devices, if their trade-off was, ah, these things can only run like garbage, or instead of just turning off some of the stuff that they added to it, like, the way that Android has, has, and I hate to bring up Android in this argument, because people are going to look at me like the Android shill. Um, it's I'm fine, being... this, this podcast is just an Apple shill and an Android shill who have somehow found a way to work out their differences and love each other anyway. Right. The way that Android phones often take upgrades. If you upgrade a, say, Samsung phone to the Mm -hmm. latest version of their software, you'll get maybe their newer camera, maybe some of their software junk, like the updated Bixby. They still use Bixby? I don't know if they use Bixby. I don't know anything about Android phones. Go on. Sure. Their new whatever, but they'll leave out things that they can't work with that require new hardware. So optimizations that only work on newer CPUs, they don't include because those would slow down their old phones. That's competent. For all the support that Apple was putting behind like running iPhones for as long as possible, um, they did it poorly um, up to 2017. Well, they were also doing it like, cause I say, I, I feel like saying like they, they, they do it poorly is giving them too much, much credit. credit. Yeah. Like I feel like there is definitely like I said earlier with the example of like the 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 dry the washer dryer and the fact that the company in terms of like short term profit does benefit over you having to replace your uh your 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 appliance like Apple does benefit from people being like oh my phone is so slow now I guess there must be something wrong with it I have to upgrade 
Yeah, and it's it's one of those annoying like catch twenty twos where it's like, yes, they're doing this because their older lithium ion batteries were a problem in these old phones running at hotter temperatures. Yeah. But they could have just made it so you could replace the battery. They also they also could have been transparent about it. Because that, oh, that's another that's another sort of like awful thing. It's just like it's just like the kind of like sneakiness of being like Oh, yeah, so we are slowing down your phones, and we never disclosed this to you because we wanted you to buy new stuff. Yeah, and their apology for this was offering battery replacements for $79. Is that a deal? Is that a, is that supposed to be cheap? Yes, yes, it is. That, that, for Apple, that's yes. cheap? Yes. That, that's horrifying. They knocked it down to $29, uh, as if that was a real apology all of a sudden. It's frustrating. Definitely. Yeah, it, it, like you said, it is sort of this, like, this is a problem that you created, and now you are, you like, like this is a problem that you, this is only a problem that you are stuck trying to solve because you created it in the first place. Yeah, and, like, they just won't really give up. Like, right now, there is a class action lawsuit going through at Apple, because, of course, why not? Of course there is. What, what is this one about? It, it's about this. It's, it's very much about this. Oh, wait, still? Yeah, uh, this year, 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they, I thought they settled this already. All right, go on. No, yes, it is still going on as of today. Um, it is currently October 13th, 2020. Um, as of today, this is still going on. Um, right now, the, the class action lawsuit is just collecting people, and they're going to have the actual mm-hmm. hearing in December, actually, of this year. Okay, got it. But it's so bad that there has to be a class action lawsuit because Apple won't actually admit that this was a bad thing and that they were doing a good thing. Yeah, no, I feel like this is a common denominator for a lot of companies, though, like sort of just, especially with like, for example, like with the class action lawsuits that we, the other class action lawsuits that we just talked about earlier in this episode, I feel like oftentimes the sort of like culture around companies now makes it so that they can't actually admit that they like did something wrong. Um, So they have to try to like bend over backwards to justify all of their decisions, even the decisions that are vehemently anti-consumer. And so... The only way that you can actually scare them into doing the right thing, and I put that in like heavy air quotes, um, but the only way you can scare them into doing even something that has like the semblance of the right thing is by like hitting them where it hurts, and where it hurts is their money. Well, it only hurts if it actually is like more than 1% of how much they make a year. Yeah, I guess like their money and or bad publicity. Bad publicity. Always my favorite with Apple. Apple can suck, uh, and it's a little tricky to find a how-to for this one, uh, mostly because it's sort of a toss-up between, depending on who your phone manufacturer is, this might not be a problem for you, and then if you're still on the Apple side of things like I am, I am wary of new OS updates, but I wouldn't necessarily say, like, don't get them. So this is one of those sort of, like, weird, gray, like, be mindful areas, but in order to be mindful, you need to have the knowledge, and now you have the knowledge. So yeah, there's the clock, and that's all the time we have for you guys today. Like I said at the start of the episode, planned obsolescence may or may not be a thing you've heard about before. We still really wanted to do an episode sort of like comprehensively talking about it because it is one of those things that's just so frustrating, I think, really. Like, Jade, you nailed it when you said that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I hate it. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I think it's sort of funny how we come back to this podcast every week and we're just like, yeah, let's make this episode about this thing that's going to make us like pervasively angry to talk about. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's like, where all the energy comes from to do the show. <laughs> 
Yeah, basically, it's just like we're we are really passionate about these things, um, and and we do we do think that that other people should be as well. So that's why we do this. And next up in our uh, list of things that we're going to talk about that uh, profoundly annoy us is uh, software as service. So remember that uh, instant ink subscription thing that I was talking about earlier? Uh, we might not be talking about necessarily that, but we will be talking about why the fact that you don't actually, that like it's becoming more and more common, that you don't actually own anything in the new digital age is fucking terrifying. Hey, do you ever owning Microsoft Office? Because I do. <laughs> Yeah, that's those days are so very gone now. Um, but if you've had enough of this sass and want to hear about that sass next week, make sure to keep your eyes glued to our social media. Yeah, we are live on our Instagram, like I said earlier, at Tech Thoughts Podcast, Friday, 8 p.m. ET. Cool. <laughs> um, and we would love to see you guys there. Honestly, probably this Friday we're going to be talking about the iPhone 12 because the announcement for that came out today. Uh, and I'm sure Jade and I have opinions about it. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> See you then. Bye. Bye.